Buenos dias, buenos dias, buenos dias. Welcome to today's Mayito Minute. This is Belgian Diaries, day number nine. I apologize for the day in between recordings. Quite honestly, I was like, let me get this thing recorded while the race recap is fresh on my mind. And then I decided not to, and then I did decided I wanted to, and then I decided not to, and the day just got away from me. Just a lazy day over here after the race a couple of days ago. I'm going to get right into the race recap because it was... Um, it was not my best performance since I've been here. Let's just put it that way. So the race was in Alvilair, uh, something like that. I'm sure that I'm probably mispronouncing it, but short, short ride away or short uh, car ride away. It was a ride away back home. I'll get into that in a second, but like 30 kilometers away. So we drove out there, got there, did the usual, you know, you go into uh, the registration. I, I'm sorry if I haven't gotten into this yet, but the registration is uh, always in a cafe. So it's in some kind of a bar slash kind of cafe type of place. You go in there, they've got a little table set up. You know, us being from the States, we've got to show them like our USA Cycling letter that gives us permission to be racing here. So it has the dates when we're going to be here. And then they have to see that and, and verify that. And then you give them your license, obviously. Uh, but, you know, you have to have an international license. Uh, so when you go to USA Cycling, you have to like upgrade if you haven't from a domestic to an international. So we give them that. They give us our numbers, go back to the car. The procedure is when we go back to the car, um, you know, pin your number on your jersey. It's just one number, really easy. And they're kind of like vinyl numbers because when you turn your number back in, along with your frame number, you get a frame number as well to put on your bike. When you turn those back in, you get back five euros. So you pay 15 euro and you get back five. In other words, the race costs 10 euro. And these are equivalent of road races back home. You're paying 11 bucks. And I know that I've said that before, but for anybody just, just casually tuning in. Um, so, you know, you put the number on, you put your frame number on, you know, and attach that puppy on there. And uh, so this course was 11 laps uh, of a 10-kilometer course. And um, it was... Again, it was, a, it was a fun course. I mean, these courses all have kind of their own different personalities. Like, they're not like the parking lot, like, you know, type stuff that we're used to back home. Um, you know, even when you're in the, the countryside, it's still really, really beautiful and really nice. And, you know, the narrow roads add, you know, something to it. And it's just, it's it's got the, I mean, quite frankly, it's got that Euro feel to it, which is really, really neat. So the courses are just awesome. Um, and so... We had the race that we had done previously, we did well in, uh, you know, we got a third and I, I came in for ninth and momentum was good. You know, I, like I said in the, in my race recap there, I felt like I was good enough for fifth. It was the best that I had felt. Um, Spencer grabbed the podium, so he was feeling good about that too. And it's, it's funny or interesting or whatever you want to call it that like in my journal, I, I've been journaling out here every day. You guys know back home, I do, you know, my five minute journal every morning and for my journal, the day of the race, I, I put down, you know, what would make today great. I put being patient and I put that down because I know my tendency and it's a general tendency. I think for all of us, it's like the pendulum was on an upswing. You're feeling good about it. Legs felt good, good performance. And so what might happen is you kind of lose the plot. You kind of get excited. You uh, become maybe a little bit overconfident arrogant, ego, whatever you want to call it. And I knew that that was coming for me in this race because now I'm thinking to myself, hey, let's just keep this good thing going. Legs feel good. Um, you know, let's try some things. Let's maybe be a little bit more aggressive. 
And so I wrote down patience and then sure enough, as I dive deeper into this race recap, that was actually what was my undoing and what led to my performance being a little bit less than desirable. And let me add another kind of wrinkle to the story here. Uh, we recently went through a, a, what they, a heat wave here. Uh, you guys heard me say that, um, that, you know, it was going to be in the nineties here. It really was warm though. Like seriously, um, you know, it wasn't the hundred degrees that I'm used to back home in Texas, but at the same time it was warm. I mean, we're over there like pinning our numbers on, we're like outside the car, like it's hot, you know, we're sweating. Um, and to be honest with you, I feel like that was something else that I just, I didn't, I didn't really process very well. I was like, oh man, you know, the Belgians aren't used to this. I'm from Texas. I'm good in the heat. They're not going to be as good. And I got overconfident in that too. So basically the gist of what I'm getting at here is looking back and reflecting on it. I feel like I had, I put myself in a position before the race even started to make some tactical errors and make some mistakes that I wasn't going to be able to realize that I was making and pay for until later. So the racing, you know, starts off and I was, I was aggressive. I was, I was confident. I was feeling good. Um, I was processing all the information and everything, but I was, I was too aggressive. Uh, I was going with little moves here and there, just thinking to myself, you know, the races start off hot and heavy here. Uh, with the heat, you know, something might get established. And then when it does, uh, the field will eventually get tired of chasing because it's hot outside. And I thought to myself, you know, and I like my chances of being able to ride in the heat at a steady tempo and just being able to keep that up. And so I was aggressive. And I, now I'm, I'm proud that I was aggressive, by the way. I mean, uh, in, in the races that I've done, uh, minus the one where I got ninth place. I, I really didn't take many chances going off the front. I, I just basically kind of rode wheels and, you know, I was near the front, but never, never off the front in this race. I really did. I put in, I put in some attacks. I, I went with moves. I went with some of the stronger guys. I mean, looking at it, some of the guys that I was with, uh, placed really, really well in this race. So I, I, I was aggressive, but the problem was it was it was 11 laps and it wasn't four laps or five laps. And so I raced those pretty hard, pretty aggressively. Nothing got away, uh, surprisingly. Like it just, it took a long time actually. Uh, I'll just, I'll just throw this out there. I was already out of the race by the time that something went uh, that stuck. And uh, so it, you know, maybe that made the racing a little bit harder. The fact that there was nothing established and something was trying to get established. Uh, but either way, uh, once I went pretty hard on those first few laps, and by the way, my, my teammates did as well. So we lined up Justin and Spencer, two of the other guys had to sit this one out. They're having some issues with their bikes, but, um, you know, we were all very aggressive. And so once the aggression didn't pay off and now we're kind of fatigued, uh, now, you know, when, when the guys out here are throwing bombs and attacking and doing all that, I mean, we're basically just hanging on. I mean, we're, we're maybe riding near the front We're we're paying attention, but we can't really respond. We can't really do the things that we need to do in order to make the move or, you know, be in good position. And, uh, you know, at one point, uh, Spencer and I were actually off the back. We had to chase back on to get back into the race. Now he did finish. And I think he finished like just inside the top 30 or just outside the top 30. So that was really good for him. But, you know, there was a point there where 
I found myself losing positioning and there was this, uh, there was this section. Uh, so the way that we were racing it, uh, from the start finish line, you'd kind of weave around some roads and generally that section generally tended to be pretty easy, pretty light. Uh, but then we made this left-hand turn and we went up this, this climb that was very gradual. I want to say it was, it was gradual, but it was pretty long. I want to say it was probably like a 2k climb, uh, but it was kind of on pavers. So it wasn't cobbles. It wasn't really rough, but it wasn't smooth pavement either. You know, you had, it scrubbed a little bit of speed from you. And so we went up that and that was, that was a decisive feature, honestly, on the, on the course was this, this little climb that was about 2k again, maybe it was a little bit longer because then you would turn right and you would go onto this, uh, like wider street that had really, really good smooth pavement, but it still went up for a little bit. And then you had this descent, super, super fast descent. Uh, and it, it ended at the bottom. You'd make like, a a very wide but very fast right-hand turn, and then you would weave through some more country, kind of narrow roads, um, and then you hit a, a hard left on a narrow road, and that kept you on the farm roads, and you're kind of out in the farm roads, and then like little by little, you're kind of getting closer to the city center because that's where uh, that's where the race started at. That's where all of these start at. And so as you're getting closer to that, you know, the roads get a little bit wider. There's a little bit more buildings on the side where you get a little bit more cover. So it's kind of an in and an out, right? You go out into the country, you come into the city, you go out in the country, you come into the city. But, uh, you know, the course was, was pretty flowy. There was definitely a flow to it. Uh, I've talked about my overconfidence. That was definitely part of my issue. Uh, I feel like the legs were good, and I feel like I was capable of obviously much better than I did. I came out with three laps to go, so I made eight laps. Um, but here's another thing that really, really did me in was the fact that I didn't do a good job staying on the wheels. I didn't do a good job on some of these turns. I would open up a little bit of a gap. One bike length, you know, a bike length and a half. It doesn't seem like a lot. But the way that this particular course was being raced, I felt was different than the way that the previous ones had been raced. And I even told Christian, I said, man, they, they raced it the way that you've said that they're going to race out here and the way that we frequently talk about, which is, again, some of the sections were easy. Like I said, some of the sections were, um, you know, again, quote unquote, easy. Uh, because the, the Belgians know that the local guys here know that like on those sections, it's going to be very hard to get rid of somebody that's just sitting in the draft. It's going to be hard to get rid of somebody that's just sitting the wheels. Um, and so they kind of chill on those sections, but then there are certain sections on the course where they are absolutely going to crush it. And I felt that going into the turns, like coming out of the turns. If you were in the last half of the field, then coming out of those turns, the jumps you had to make, and I'm raising my hand because unfortunately I was one of these guys, was unreal and, and you could only do that so many times, right? So, you know, I'm not holding the wheel in front of me well, so I'm opening up a little bit of a gap and then coming out of these turns, they're jamming it on the front. By the time the message gets relayed back to me, 50 riders back, 60 riders back, I'm like, oh, I got to get on it. And then I'm out of the saddle and I'm making a huge effort. I finally connect with the wheel. But again, over time, those are efforts that I would so much rather have back and not had to have used. So that was my, that was my fault. 
that was my fault. And you multiply that times, I want to say there were probably three or four turns per lap where that would happen and it would happen to me. Now, it didn't happen to me every single lap. There, there were times when I was near the front. There were times when it was smooth for me. There were times when I did a better job going through the corners than others. But there were times where, frankly, I, I wasn't good at doing that and I paid for it dearly and it really cost me, um, you know, to the point where I know where I'm at. I know that I'm not doing a good job holding the wheels. I know that I'm too far back in the pack. And so now I'm using some of the easy sections that they're riding easy. I'm using just a little bit more energy to position myself well so that I don't get, you know, the neck breaking acceleration out of the saddle thing that I had been getting before. So notice how my race goes. It's very, very inefficient. I'm opening up the gap in the turn and I'm, you know, having to stand up and sprint out of some of these turns to get onto the wheel. And then I'm like, okay, I can't keep doing this. So now I'm looking for opportunities to move up when everybody else is just soft pedaling or going very easy and just holding their position. So over time, I'm getting obviously more and more tired. I'm getting more and more fatigued. And you can probably guess where the elastic snapped and I came off. It was going up the little paved, you know, 2K climb when they they started jamming uh getting closer to the end of the race and they were already jamming by the way let me let me throw something out there uh the race doesn't slow down out here like like the racing does not slow down like if you start off with a 26 mile an hour first lap you're gonna average 26 for the whole thing uh if you start off at 27 you're gonna average 27 for the whole thing so you know hoping that you hang in there long enough to where like the average speed slows down and the race gets easy i mean that's a that's a thing that we see back home. Like that doesn't happen here. Like there's a velocity that will just be constant the whole time. Um, and so, you know, it, it wasn't that they jammed on it more going up that climb when I got dropped. It was just that they kept it. It was the speed for the lap and I just was not able to hold the speed for the lap anymore. Now I do want to throw in something interesting because I'm not, I was tired. Okay. Uh, I was fatigued. I was definitely not feeling, you know, as good as I did during the beginning, obviously neither was anybody else, but here's one thing that happened right before I got dropped. And I'm not saying that this was the only thing at play, but this definitely played a factor. Just kind of looking back and reflecting on this race. I had a negative thought. Now, Spencer and I were the last guys left for, for our squad and he was up near the front, probably in the first 10 or 15 wheels. So he was looking really, really good. And I saw him and I had the thought, man, you know, if I come off, Spencer is going to be by himself, you know, uh, that, that won't be a good thing. And that statement sounds neutral, but I stated the fact that I may come off. I stated the fact that I may get dropped. I stated the fact that I may not finish and I got dropped. Like I got dropped like moments after that I got dropped. And, um, you know, again, I mean that, I mean, would I have finished if I would have made it up the climb that last time? I mean, there were still three laps to go. Maybe, maybe not, but I would have bought myself some more time. So, yeah, that, that was, that was a moment that maybe I wish I could have had back where I could have not thought that or gone somewhere else and, and thought about something else, said something else to myself or what have you. Uh, because I think there was a correlation there between the fact that I got dropped and that happening. 
Um, again, not that I, who knows if I would have finished. Uh, but again, I mean, I wanted to keep fighting. So the, uh, the last interesting thing that I'll share with you guys, cause I hadn't experienced it until, uh, this last race is okay. So there is, there is a, a one car that is up near the front. He's got a microphone. He's emceeing the race. Cause there's so many people watching the race on the side of the road that he's literally got a microphone and he had a headset on. And he is announcing, you know, who the riders are that are off the front, what kind of gap they have. He's got lap cards inside the dash of the car. So as he drives by, if you're just a fan watching somewhere on the course and you're not near the start finish, you know how many laps are left to go. And quite and 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 frequently he's playing some music as well. So you've got that car, and then you've got another car behind him, and that car just sits there. If there's a breakaway that gets a substantial gap over the field, then that car will get out of the way, let the breakaway through, and then he'll basically be the pace car for the Peloton, right? Because these are rolling enclosures, by the way. Every single race is a rolling enclosure. As I said, you know, they sweep the course beforehand and make sure that all the cars are off the course. Actually, in this race, there was one van that was on the course and um, they couldn't get it moved in time, so they put cones around that van, but at the same time that they did that, they also booted the van, like, this is how seriously they take it. Like, you cannot do this because they put out advertisements days in advance saying, hey, listen, on this day at this time, from this time to this time, you cannot be out here. You cannot have your car parked on the side of the road. Um, so anyhow, so they've got the, the lead car, the guy with the microphone, and then if the breakaway gets established, then you've got a car in between the brake and the Peloton. And then behind you, you've got an ambulance that follows you the whole time. So behind the Peloton, there is an ambulance, like medical professionals. And then there's another car, and this car has like a green flag on it. And this is basically the broom wagon. And uh, at one of the earlier races that we did, the, the car actually had a broom on it, kind of to, to, you know, to be funny or whatever. And so there's a broom on the car. And, um, so once that car passes you, you're basically out of the caravan, you're out of the rolling enclosure. And then when you go by the line, uh, they, you know, wave a little red paddle, letting you know that you're gone. Right. Well, the broom wagon though, he's really, 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 really patient. <laughs> Uh, and I didn't like that he was patient during this race because I was the guy that he was behind and just kind of sitting behind and I'm riding. I was still racing. I was still trying to give a good effort. You know, I was, I was like, I know you're going to get pulled on this lap, but you know, ride this last lap. And again, I'm falling apart. I'm super fatigued. I'm super tired. I'm, I'm sore. Like my body hurts, but uh, I'm like, okay, is he going to go around me? Is he going to go around me? I mean, he was so patient with me. Uh, I got dropped on the on the paved climb. So pretty much did. It was a 10 K lap. I'm going to say that probably eight and a half kilometers off the back with the gap increasing and him just patiently sitting behind me until we got to the start finish line. So he's behind me. And then what they do is, um, you know, they, he passed me right before the start finish line. So then the official waves me off, tells me that I'm done, and then he will just speed. He's honking his horn, and he's flying through the course to catch back up to the peloton. Uh, the problem is, this late in the race, he was doing that just about every lap, uh, maybe even a couple laps before I came out. I, I don't know, because I wasn't looking behind me. I was still in the race at that point, but that's kind of what starts happening is he sits behind the riders, and then they wave them off at the start-finish line, and then he guns it and catches up to the peloton, but then lo and behold, maybe one or two riders that next lap kind of fall off, and he just kind of continues that you know, all throughout the race. So it's kind of, it was kind of nerve wracking to watch that him do that at first. Cause like, I mean, literally the guy's flying. 
uh, going really, really fast. But uh, but the, the course is closed. Like there's nobody on the course. There there are no cars, and so it's actually it's actually okay and it's actually pretty safe. But anyhow, that was my race uh, recap of yesterday because I didn't get an episode out to you guys. We took it really, really chill. There's not really a whole lot to report. Uh, today's going to be another chill day. Uh, just straight up recovering. We need a couple of days. That's one of the things that we realized is, um, I had raced four times in eight days and that's a lot of racing and I maybe was tired and I maybe needed a little bit of a break. And so we took two days down. We're racing tomorrow. We're doing a 70 kilometer crit. So we will just, uh, roll along easy here, go get a coffee in Udnard. Probably we found a pretty good spot in Udnard. That's pretty a one for coffee and pastries and uh, yeah so that is the race recap looking to race better uh looking to perform better uh tomorrow for this crit thank y'all so much for tuning in i appreciate y'all have a fantastic rest of your day